At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Hope you had a lovely weekend. It's another great week ahead of us, another great week to be alive, and another great week to get in on some action. In today's show, uh, first, we will be talking about the MLB, of course, both the LA teams. Uh, starting new series, the Dodgers at the Diamondbacks. Three-game series starts Monday. And the Guardians at the Angels. Four-game homestead starts Monday. I believe the lovely Adam Burke, who was on the show last Friday, and hopefully will be on this Friday show as well. We're trying to get him in a little bit more on the reg, since he is officially one of the hosts of The Run Line, new show from VEASAN. Definitely check that one out on Sundays. And also, you can check it out on the VEASAN podcast. That's actually a great thing about these shows, that... Not only can you listen to them live for free on vcin.com, but you can also listen to them later recorded on vcin Best Bets on podcast. This turned into an ad unintentionally, but I just listened to this and I thought it was a great show, The Run Line. Uh, so definitely check out Adam Burke there. Uh, but he, I believe, I heard, will be at one of these games or, or attending one of these games because he is a Cleveland man. So Guardians at Angels. Um, really, really having to get used to saying Guardians, right? That's, it's like really bending my brain a little bit because I don't, also I think because I don't know another professional team with that name. So it's also just not in the vernacular. But we are going to talk about them today. Part two of the show will be NBA playoffs talk, the men's NBA, of course, and then, of course, looking at the WNBA as well. Some people have asked me some questions about that, so we will start to tip our toes in, even though the season is sneaking up on me egregiously fast, and the preseason games are live and, unfortunately, unwatchable. 
which some people have commented on Twitter, what it'd be nice to watch these. And I completely agree, especially because we have such a shortened regular season of games. Be nice to be able to see some of these players in form before the actual season starts. Uh, but it's also fortunate for me because I could not possibly keep up with one more thing, to be honest with you. And honestly, haven't looked at the NFL draft much either. Would love to get somebody on to talk about that. So maybe we'll do that for Wednesday show. Something to look forward to. But yes, basketball in the second half of the show. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. Starting with the Dodgers, they're minus 250 to win the NL West, plus 225 to win the NL, and plus 475 to win the World Series. Nothing longer than five, like 475 is the longest odds you get. And that's to win the entire thing. Embarrassingly good. I'm so embarrassed. Uh, they do play Monday, 6.40 PM Pacific time Dodgers and uh, the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, of course, you know, you're laying something like minus 190 on the money line, something closer to minus 120 or so on the run line. And the total for this one, eight and a half, I believe is the number here. Uh, Angels also in action, plus 350 to win the AL West, 15 to 1 to win the AL. That's gone down a smidge, as has the AL West odds. That was 4 to 1, I believe, now down a plus 350, perhaps having to do with the success they've had as of late. And also 33 to 1 to win the World Series. They're not a complete enough team for me to want to take a future on them in the World Series. Uh, and also, I just don't uh, subscribe to the concept of delayed gratification very often, so future bets. <laughs> Not my specialty, and I will be the first one to tell you that. Uh, that said, like I said, the run line's a great show to check out from VSIN. Uh, the baseball betting podcast is also great, but this is the LA City cast where we only talk about the Dodgers and the Angels. So much fun. Angels and Guardians going on this week. Angels even money line here, so plus 100. And then plus one and a half on the run line, obviously, minus 167. Guardians are favored here, minus 115 on the money line. Run line, so minus one and a half runs plus 140 for the Guardians. Total for this game, eight. An awfully low total, and we have a pretty decent duel of the pitching in this game, so we'll go into that one. The over slightly juiced at minus 118 because you're getting an eight, and isn't nine the number we talked about with Adam Rosenberg last week being a possible key number, if you will, not as tried and true as the key numbers of the NFL that we talk about, those three sevens, tens, etc. But nine... Not the case here. We're seeing an eight, not even eight and a half. So maybe there's value on the over is why you're seeing just a little bit of juice there. The under at even money plus 100. I like to live dangerously like Austin Powers and the under is tempting at even money. <laughs> As for the NHL, the Kings beat the Ducks on Saturday. We had the lovely Andy McNeil on. Everybody's lovely in my world, by the way, in case you missed it. Uh, and he told us the Kings would win this game. He said the Ducks would come to play, and they did. They scored, but the Kings won 4-2 on Saturday. That wraps up the final time those teams play this season. Kings have two games left. They play the Kraken on Wednesday, which, by the way, too, uh, shows you how tuned in I've been to hockey this season. But I did not know that the Seattle Kraken was like, that was, is that the plural? There's not Krakens. Krakai. Does anyone know the plural? Is this the plural of Kraken? Or is it just, it's one. It's it's just a one. That's kind of cool too. Does any team have a mascot that's just the one thing? Or is it multiples of them? Because that's pretty sick. Anyways, let me know what you think the plural of Kraken is. Still 40 to 1 to win it all are the Kings. Uh, I am actually going to be doing something fun on Monday. I'll be hosting Rush Hour, which is the show also sponsored by Bet Rivers, but hosted by the lovely... <laughs> Danny Burke. Uh, so I'll be doing that Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time on VSIN. 
It is a Chicago-centric show, typically, and Danny hosts the Chicago City Cast, also presented by Bet Rivers. But I'll be on there tomorrow, and my first guest will be Stormy Bonatoni, who will be a wealth of knowledge on hockey. That's She used to be the team reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights. You also know her from ESPN College Football Sideline. She does it all. Uh, but I know that she'll have some things to talk about with hockey, even though I believe there's only one game going on. Again, we're wrapping up the end of the regular season, so not not anything super exciting or... Yeah, until we get into the playoffs here, but we'll talk about the playoffs in the show and also, of course, everything else going on tomorrow, the NBA playoffs, etc., baseball plays. So that'll be fun. Um, and then we'll also have JVT on that show. I'm giving you lots of previews here before we get into my actual show, but here we go. Uh, JVT, Jonathan Montobel, our NBA senior analyst from VSIN, will be joining the second part of the show around uh, 3.15, 3.20 uh, to discuss the NBA playoffs. Can't wait to get his opinions on some of those because I've already started to formulate my bets, obviously, for Monday's action. And then we'll also have Will Hill host the New York City cast on there. So it'll be a lot of fun and it'll be, you know, me back on video. So I'll have to be on my P's and Q's and actually, you know, get ready and such. That said, uh, NHL, as I said, King's not back in action until Wednesday is where I was going with that. You can find all these odds at BetRivers Sportsbook. And remember, BetRivers gives you more reasons to root, root, root for the home team with a Tuesday 20% profit boost on all MLB games. Log on Tuesday and place your bets on the money line, point spread, or who will hit the long ball and you will earn a 20% profit boost on any baseball game. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Peanuts and hot dogs not included. Log on to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app and place your bets. And now, without further ado, let's talk Dodgers, who now have a plus 36 run differential. That's just adding up the runs they allow and the runs they score. This team is elite. How fun is this? I'm sorry. I think about it constantly when I host this LA City cast that I just have awesome teams to cover. I mean, yes, I know the Lakers. I, then we're still, but we're moving on, okay? We're moving past it. And they should have been a good team. There's, uh, there's no excuse for that. That said, this Dodgers team, unreal. It's just always the rich getting richer with this team, plus 36 run differential. Just to put it in perspective, the Angels, the elder LA baseball team here, 10th with a plus six run differential, so 10th in the MLB. The Dodgers just came off that Padres series. I really wish I could have snuck away to one of these games. I actually was home in the Bay Area over the weekend with my fam, and my brother lives in San Diego. Would have loved to go down and see a game uh, at Petco because it's such a beautiful park if you haven't been there before. Uh, and if you like L.A. Weather, weather, you can't get much better than San Diego. It's basically L.A. with less smog. I don't know. It's more chill L.A. Is that a better way to describe San Diego? That said, uh, Game 3 wrapped on Sunday of that Padres series. The Dodgers won Game 1 and 3. In Game 1, LA won 6-1. to one. Mookie Betts finally getting it going. Hit two home runs. And Max Muncie also homered and had three RBIs. Shout out to him as well. But this was big for Mookie. Kind of a breakthrough for him. First two homers of the season for him. I mean... When it rains, it pours, right? Hits one, hits another. And he came into that game hitting just 178. So this was nice to see him kind of make that progress. And he talked about how he's been working on that in practice and how it feels nice to kind of get, you know, what, are they, what do they say? Like, get the monkey off your back and just <laughs> start to actually do it in a game. Uh, Julio Urias, one and one now. He combined with five relievers on a four-hitter. Uh, Urias held the Padres to one run and two hits in five innings. Struck out six, walked three. 
really solid performance. We're happy with that. Game two, LA lost low score three to two in 10 innings. And this looked like it was within their grasp at one point. Tyler Anderson pitched for the Dodgers. You Darvish, incredible game for him for the Padres. And the Padres blew this 2-0 lead they had in the eighth. Uh, Dodgers really struggled against you. They've been shut down in order five straight innings. Uh, and then their reliever, Stephen Wilson, came in. Uh, and that's when they were able to tie it up in that eighth inning. Uh, too bad because Darvish just pitched so beautifully that that's what happened when, the, when Wilson came in. But uh, they were able to hold the Dodgers uh, and or you Darvish was able to hold the Dodgers to one hit and retired his last 13 batters. So great, great stuff from him. Also in game two, what is what this is just a sidetrack moment. What is with the fans? What are we? <laughs> it's also generous to call these people fans when you throw trash at these professional athletes. So in case you missed it. In the sixth inning, Padres second baseman Jay Cronworth hits a long fly ball. Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers catches it uh, kind of near the warning track. But Bellinger turns to throw it back in, and a beer can, like, flows over his head. So fortunately, like, he was running, so he wasn't a standing target when this thing was thrown. And I know alcoholic games, but we've had alcoholic games for how many years now? And I just don't know where – I don't even know if entitlement's the right word to say here. But – why are you going to these games if you're like, you know what I mean? There's got to be like a level of respect and sportsmanship. And it's just, and it's also, frankly, I expect more from Padres fans. Okay. We're not, and I'm going to, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going to get a lot of flack for saying this probably, but we're not like the East coast fan bases. Um, I'm the one I'm thinking of out of the top of my head is Philly, just because the one Philly uh, Sixers game I went to, the fans were so brutal to even their own team. So I feel like at least I can say that. That said, Padres, do better. Do better, fans. Uh, it reminds me of back when the NBA last season, I believe, when was it someone threw popcorn on Kevin Durant or something of that nature? Like, just what are you doing? What are you doing? Seriously, like, be a good human. I don't understand it. Game three, LA wins 10-2. to Clayton Kershaw pitches. No surprise there that they only got two runs on him. Uh, this was kind of an interesting little storyline going into it because – Kershaw was close to Don Sutton's four decades old franchise strikeout record. So Kershaw went into that game with 2,690 career strikeouts. Um, so he's within, you know, inches of breaking that. He pitched five innings, three strikeouts, um, and now he's four. He's within four of breaking that record. So maybe the next time he's out, probably most likely, which will be interesting when we factor that in for a strikeout prop for that game. More on that in the future. But it was good to see him back out there, of course. Just incredible, incredible watching this man. He, he uh, Also, the hits he did allow were mostly soft contact, which is interesting. I know that one of these stats that many of the guests who have come on this show have pointed out with as regards to baseball handicapping is that hard hit percentage, which you can find on Fangraphs, by the way. It took me a little bit of digging to start to kind of find all of these things. But noticing how the pitchers that allow hard contact, those are going to end up being homers and issues for them more so than these soft contact ones are. Um, so most of his hits allowed soft contact and all four of the hits he gave up were singles. So pretty stellar stuff from Kershaw, 10 to two win for the Dodgers and Cody Bellinger homered twice and drove in four runs again. Nice to see because he struggled with that injury, getting back into the swing of it. Literally. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Uh, so nice to see him 
doing big things again. It's so funny because there's so many, like Mookie Betts. Oh, it's nice to see Mookie Betts getting his homers again. Oh, it's nice to see Cody Bellinger getting his homers again. Like there's just so many guys on this team that are just, oh yeah, they're stellar and nice to see them homering again. Now, Monday at the Diamondbacks, game one of three, little NL West matchup here. Uh, like I said, the Dodgers money line out of control. Do you remember not but two or three? I must have been recent or two two weeks ago that the Dodgers were minus one thirty or something on the money line, uh, and we were like, just take that just on principle because you're not going to get a Dodgers money line like that very often. It makes sense because we're looking at the Diamondbacks here after all. But yes, Dodgers something around what almost two hundred minus one ninety money line. Uh, the run line looking at something closer to one minus one twenty. Uh, D-backs having a minus fourteen run differential is not going to be very good compared to again this Dodgers team with a plus thirty six. Is it was that thirty six? I can't believe that plus thirty six run differential just blowing people out of the water. Um, early in the season, early in the season. Uh, Sunday for the Diamondbacks, they lost to the Mets six to two. Uh, J.B. Wendelkin was the losing pitcher. He went one inning, giving up one earned run, one hit while striking out one. Christian Walker led the Diamondbacks offense. He went one to four with two home runs and an RBI. That said, this pitching matchup, uh, Walker Bueller versus Merrill Kelly are the expected starting pitchers. Again, when we bet, we bet listed pitcher. We don't just bet whatever money line, right? We want to make sure that the pitcher that we handicapped is actually starting. Good stuff. So this Diamondbacks team is interesting too because they haven't scored very much, but they've faced some pretty tough teams already, um, which I think makes them a little bit more, like I give them a little bit more credit than that, I guess. Um, they've only scored 49 runs this season, which is 27th in the MLB. But so far, these are the teams they've played. They open against the Padres, okay, Astros, Mets, Nationals, and then most recently, the Mets again. So they've really had tough competition to open this season up. They're still obviously not that great of a team, but I do think that that also skews things a little bit where they're just having to face really tough teams. That said, Merrill Kelly, he's a righty, he's 1-0. And he's pitched 15 and a third total innings. Six innings most recently on April 20th versus the Nationals, a game they won. He allowed six hits and one run. Uh, also, a low hard hit percentage, around 25%. Again, um, this is all relative, of course. The higher percentages we're seeing are something around 46 would be really bad. Uh, but 25% for Merrill Kelly. Even lower for Walker Bueller on the other side, 23.5%. So that's great to see as well for the Dodgers. But um, back to Merrill Kelly. Three games started so far this year. Uh, 0.59 ERA, 1.72 FIP, and 1.174 WHIP. So I like that WHIP number. Like we've talked about before, uh, a good WHIP around 1.0. Anything below that is outstanding. So 1.17 I like it. Very good. Which is why you're, again, seeing an eight as the total for this game. And you're seeing a little bit of juice to the over just because people are probably thinking there's value there since it's a rather low total, right? On the other side, Walker Bueller, also a righty, one and one. He's pitched 15 and two-thirds total innings. So similar amount of experience uh, so far this season for both these guys. 
Three games. Uh, Walker Bueller most recently pitched five innings versus the Braves on April 19th. Did not go super well. It allowed eight, or he allowed eight hits, three earned runs in that loss. But like I said, a low hard hit percentage, 4.02 ERA, which would maybe be like eh, a little bit not ideal. Um, 4.49 on the FIP and 1.47 WHIP. So the WHIP is not stellar, right? Not killer but also not completely out of control. And again, we're talking about three games so far of statistics. So do I think he's completely locking it down right now? No, not really. But between these two pitchers, Walker Bueller is a solid veteran option here. And again, the Diamondbacks have scored, what, 49 runs this season, 27th in the MLB. So this shouldn't be a tough offensive test necessarily for Walker Bueller. Um Trends this season, or trends for this game as it pertains, Dodgers have been favored 15 times and won 11 of them. That's 73.3% for those of us who like percentages. Diamondbacks, meanwhile, they have won uh, six of the 16 contests. They've been underdogs this season. That's 37.5%. And also this season, the Dodgers have won seven of eight games when favored by at least minus 185 on the money line. What do we think about trends? They don't, they're not predictive necessarily, but I have found in baseball that they tend to run a little bit more pure. And like I said, the Dodgers are sitting right around that minus 190, minus 185, whatever odds. And so it wouldn't be completely unexpected, of course, for them to win this game when they're that heavily favored. But it just isn't a ton of value. So you're looking at something more like the run line. When you look at the run line, the Dodgers are 11 and four, like just covering that at a quick clip, like again, above 70%. Um, Diamondbacks, meanwhile, on the run line, nine and seven in their 16 games. So not terrible and probably usually getting the runs, right? They're getting the plus one and a half as opposed to laying it. But the Dodgers constantly laying that run line and still covering it. Like they don't win by one or two. They win by several usually. And if they lose, perhaps it's by one, right? So far this season, uh, LA and their opponents have hit the over in five of their 15 games. So pretty stellar pitching as well going on there. Uh, Arizona and their opponents have hit the over in four of their 16 games. So I'm expecting a low scoring game here, actually, despite Walker Bueller makes me a little nervous. But again, this D-backs offense is not going to give him anything super challenging. Arizona's batting average. Oh, oh no. 189 ranks 29th in the MLB. I like the Dodgers to cover the run line again. It sucks to have to keep betting the run. Like this is the it's it shouldn't be this normal to bet run lines on a team in the MLB. You should be we should be looking at money lines, people. But we can't do it with this team, especially against the Diamondbacks. So prove me wrong, Diamondbacks. Maybe you have the game of your life, but I like the Dodgers to cover the run line again. You can get that around minus one twenty or so instead of having to lay like two hundred on the money line. And Dodgers to win and under eight and a half would be even juicier to me if you can find something like that right because we're looking at a parlay in that situation probably looking at something around i gotta say close to three to one i also lean no run in the first inning for this one that's putting maybe a little bit too much faith in walker bueller but i also like no run in the first inning for the angels game we'll get into that in a moment and i think uh of the two i like the angels one better but i am have not yet bet, but we'll probably bet no run in the first inning for both of these because I haven't bet a lot of those yet. And I'm going to start get that ball rolling for this season. Uh, as for the Angels, as I mentioned, 
They're nine and seven right now, second in the AL West behind the Mariners of all teams. Uh, they faced uh, the Orioles over the last couple days, and nothing shocking for them there. Uh, I think, like I said, this Angels team is just trying to out offense other teams, which is unfortunate because that's not going to work in the long run. They did lose the first two. The Orioles won five to three in game one. Orioles won five to four in game two. And then the Angels finally get it done in game three, seven to six. And now they have the Guardians for four games and they are hosting them. So Guardians plus 21 run differential. If you'll remember, we mentioned the Angels one back when I was talking about the Dodgers. And they are operating at more like a plus six. So plus 21 for, for the Guardians, pretty solid. Uh, their game versus the Yankees was a 10-2 to loss on Sunday. Andres Jimenez went two for four, triple, two RBIs, still got the loss. Uh, and Aaron Zavale, three innings he threw. He gave up six earned runs on seven hits, striking out three on the way to that loss. So not, not a great game, but this is definitely the, what do they call it, a bounce-back spot? For the Guardians, uh, Monday, 6.38 p.m. Pacific time. Angels even money on the money line. Run line, minus 167. The Guardians are minus 115 on the money line. They're favored. Their run line, so laying one and a half runs, plus 140. Total for this one, eight. We've mentioned this many times so far in this podcast because, again, I like this pitching matchup. Michael Lorenzen on the mound for the Angels. He's a righty. He's one and one right now. And then Shane Bieber opposite uh, side righty and he's 1-0 right now now before we get into that pitching matchup further couple interesting things about these two teams the angels right now like i said the offense is where it's at they rank fourth in the mlb with 79 runs scored this season they have a 0.246 batting average with 21 home runs home runs being second in the league there and on the other side the guardians combined point four, two, three slugging percentage this season, second in the MLB. So we could be in for some, some good baseball, but we're in for some good pitching too. So I don't know what's going to give here. Uh, the guardians are one of the highest scoring teams in the league. They're seventh with 75 total runs this season. And like I said, the angels obviously up there as well. So as much as I like this pitching matchup, I almost think this offense is going to overpower these two teams or these two pitchers. It'll be interesting. Michael Lorenzen, uh, he's pitched nine and a third innings most recently, three and a third of those versus the Astros on April 18th. The Angels did lose that game, eight to three. He gave up four hits and four earned runs. 4.82 is the ERA and 0.86 is the whip. So again, whip being a per inning stat and ERA being over nine innings. So could be inflated in the whip, maybe being a little bit more accurate in some regards. Um, over his last... Two appearances this season. Opposing hitters have a batting average of .176 against him. So, yes, that 4.82 ERA could be a little scary and scare you off. Um, but he does average 8.7 strikeouts per nine innings so far, if that makes you feel any better. Uh, Shane Bieber gave up one earned run in his six and two-third innings pitch on his Wednesday last outing. That was against the White Sox. His ERA, 2.25. That's a little nicer. And his whip... Uh, also under one here so far. Again, we're talking about two runs in or two games into the season for some of these guys. So could be nice. I don't know. I think the Guardians are going to give Michael some trouble. I trust Shane Bieber a little bit more of these two pitchers. Uh, and I do lean no run in the first inning, but I'm not going... Mm, I said I was going to bet these. Mm. 
I want to not bet them because Shohei Otani just hits a home run in the first inning whenever he feels like it. And that's that's frustrating as a better. So it did say I liked this game better for the no run in the first inning than the Dodgers game. And that's only because I don't have all the confidence in the world in Walker Bueller. I'm going to bet both and we'll see what happens. Let's just do it. Uh, Angels <laughs> trends here. Uh, they're eight and six as favorites this season. <laughs> Nine of the last 10 Angels game have had eight or more runs scored. And so uh, an over would be something interesting to look at for this one as well. I know I just said I like this pitching matchup, but I do think the offense is going to be something's got to give here, um, which makes you feel like then bet the yes run in the first inning, Danielle. I'll tweet out what I actually end up doing. <laughs> it's probably going to go no run Dodgers. Yes, run Angels is what I see, foresee happening now as I'm going through this. But we're going to bet on both because we're going to see what happens. Uh, I do like an over. I do like an over in these games. Um like I said, nine of the last 10 Angels game, eight or more runs scored. Uh, Angels are two and seven on the run line at home, by the way. So not something I would look at there. Cleveland is three and one in games where they're favored by at least minus 121 on the money line. And they have gone over their total in nine of 16 games this season. So overlooking, exciting, interesting to me, even with this pitching duel. Take that for what it is. I'm sorry the, the first innings were so confusing here. It was such it was such a torn back and forth. You can tell we're early in this season, uh, but don't worry. There's a lot more of that to come. And coming up, uh, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs a little bit. It's three games going on on Monday night. Uh, one game I'm going to pass on, one I'm going to look to live bet on, and one I like pre-flop, if you can believe it. Also get into some WNBA as well. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and BetRivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Still Danielle Alvari, and yes, time to talk NBA playoffs. A couple of trends, stats, if you will, to start things off. Underdogs on Saturday, and I talk about that because, of course, some of the teams that are going to be playing on Monday played on Saturday. Underdogs went 4-0 ATS on Saturday. Raptors upset, Celtics upset. Uh, and Timberwolves upset all of them underdogs. The Raptors plus two and a half. The Celtics were plus four. And the Timberwolves were plus two and a half. That said, I did take the Nets money line live at minus 115. It did not play out. And it's upsetting because anything that goes against my live betting record, I take as a personal attack. So I don't know what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are up to over there, but it's not making baskets. And it's an issue for me. That said, we'll get into that game in a moment. Uh, the Mavs also covered as plus five and a half. Underdogs, 199 loss uh, to the Jazz. Series tied up at 2-2. Two two. Uh, Celtics-Nets, game four, 4 p.m. Pacific time on Monday night. Nets laying one and a half points, minus 118 on the money line. Total 220. All of the totals kind of low, which I know playoff basketball, but still interesting. This is the highest one of the games on Monday at 220. The Celtics lead this series 3-0, to zero, and it's no surprise if you've been watching these games at all. Brooklyn has covered the first two, uh, but did not get a win, obviously. So that's actually shocking for them. They haven't necessarily been covering all that well this season. So at least they got those first two. But like I said, they were favored in game 
uh, three, and people assumed they can't go down three games. It's Kevin Durant. And yet, the Celtics' defense has been incredible, especially defending Durant extremely well. Um, everybody, I think, expects Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to step up <laughs> because they should, right? But they're just shooting really poorly. They're having some of the worst shooting performances, and you have to give a lot of credit to what the Celtics have been able to do on defense. This for me now, and I should have listened, actually. I had a friend who watched game two, not with me, but was texting me and said, I'm going to go in on the Nets in game two. I don't remember the number they got, but I was like, oh, okay. You know, I think I was busy or something. I wasn't able to live bet it. I wasn't watching it. Didn't want to be betting on something I wasn't watching. And it didn't pan out, I think, whatever bet they ended up getting. And then I said, you know, game three, everyone's like, oh, the Nets have to win this one. That doesn't mean they will. And I think I talked about this actually with Stormy on Friday or Thursday, perhaps, about how teams, we say that, right? Well, this team has this this player and this player. Just like the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they can't miss the playoffs. And Russell Westbrook, sorry, I left him out. Can't imagine why. They can't miss the playoffs, and yet they do, right? And the Nets, they're supposed to be these superstars. It's embarrassing, so you would think they would dig deep, have a little pride, but there's just not enough depth on this Nets team. They're just not a very good team. And... On the opposite end, the Celtics have tons of depth and great defense. Uh, so, and also Jason Tatum, who's been incredible. That said, I was like, you know, I didn't see much of game two, and I'm going to buy into this narrative, unadvised, of, yeah, the Nets have Kevin Durant, basically, right? And I get them in game minus 115, and then they go down even further. Uh, and I'm like, oh man, I didn't get a good number on them. That's that whole double dutch waiting to get in at the best time. And then, of course, lo and behold, that. Just, I don't want to talk about how we lost it, but we lost that bet. And we're moving on, and this is a pass for me. I'm not betting on this game. Uh, you could take Celtics plus one and a half, but why would you want to in this situation? Like, maybe the Nets, again, dig deep, find a way to win a game. But I could see a sweep here. I could see it happening. So if I was, like, forced to take a side, I'd Celtics it, you know, Celtics money line even. But this is a pass for me. Raptors Sixers is the game after that at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Sixers laying seven and a half total for this one. Two, ten. Two, ten. Sixers lead this one three to one. It was nice to see the Raptors defense finally show up, I guess is the word, in game three. They were able to limit Philadelphia a lot more. I believe numbers here, 1.108 points per possession. They also forced a lot of turnovers, something they're excellent at, and they also are good at not turning the ball over themselves. So that was nice to see, but not enough, obviously. They did slow down the 76ers' transition offense that's been so potent. They held them to one point per play in that game three. But like I said, they're down 3-1 to one in this series, and it has been a slow, slow series. Low totals. This is going to be the lowest of all. The unders 3-1. and one, in the first four games of this series, this is the lowest total yet. I believe the last one was 211 or 212 even. Um, I think it's going to be just a touch too low. And there may be some value on the over here. But it has been such a slow series. It's not one that I'm like stoked to bet the over on. But And I also hate betting overs is the bigger issue. If you like overs, this is one I would definitely look at. This is something I would look at live. Uh, the Raptors have covered one of their last six. No, not for me. Mm -mm. Um, and when I talk about finding something live here, even if it's something like, I don't know, because here's the thing, right? The Sixers can seal it with this game. So even if I got something like Raptors plus 10 and a half or even 12 or something like some great double digit spread, 
I don't trust them to not just like let it get blown out at the end. The Sixers should just dominate and, and want that kind of momentum going into the next series. So that's an option, but I don't love, I don't love it. The Sixers also, if the Raptors can, well, so here's what the Raptors can do. They have the third lowest turnover rate this season. They rebound decently. Yes, they have Joel Embiid to go against. Um, they just have to play at their pace. They have to move this quicker. They rank top five in fast break points during the season, and the Sixers gave up the third most fast break points. So they can exploit that. They can try to do that. It's been a completely just un unevenly matched series, I believe. But if the Raptors can do that and kind of make this a little bit more their speed, then yes, then you're looking at something where um, maybe they can get ahead and then maybe you get a better number on the Sixers. I don't see it happening necessarily. If it did happen, I'd love to lay something like, I don't know, three and a half with the Sixers. That'd be great. But um, we'll have to see. This one looks live for me or maybe an over. As for the Jazz and Mavs, also looking overy-ish, perhaps. Uh, this series is tied up at 2-2. The Jazz on the money line, plus 123, and the Mavs are laying three points. 213 is the total. Game 5, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Now, Dallas won game two on the road. Small ball, tore up the Jazz defense. Fast forward game four. Is Luka coming back? Yes, he's coming back. Scores 30 points, plays 34 minutes in his first game in 13 days. Uh, looked like he hadn't missed any time. And frankly... Dallas is the better team here and you know, not better team talent wise per se, but how they've looked in this series to me, uh, their dribble penetration, JVT pointed this out, just been killing Utah. The Mavs are shooting 44 ish percent on uncontested threes. So just completely exploiting this weakness that the jazz have had of defending the perimeter and just really just taking no prisoners there for the Mavs. They're one of the league's best teams on the other end of limiting opponent three-pointers. So this Jazz offense that was so prolific during the regular season and number one regular season offense is just having so much trouble against this just perplexing, if you will, Mavs defense. Um, they've done a really good job basically of spacing the Jazz out. Freaking Rudy Gobert is having to defend, you know, defend somebody at the rim and then defend somebody who's 40 feet away from him. Not 40, but you get the idea. Um... Which, by the way, is what the Clippers did last year in playoffs that was so successful against this Jazz team. So it kind of upsets me when a team is in the playoffs uh, the next year and we're seeing the same issues that plagued them the season before. Not necessarily as a better. That's great. I want to exploit that. But as a fan, like, get it together. This is the same issue we saw last season, and they're beating you the same way another team did last season. So with that said, it's Mavs minus three for me pregame. I'm tempted to wait until close to game time to pull the trigger on this to see if this possibly moves down to like something like two and a half. I don't anticipate it to do that. So it'll probably end up being Mavs minus three. Could I get something live better? Of course. We all could, probably. But I'm going to do this one um, pregame. Before we wrap things up, WNBA on Saturday, the Storm beat the Sparks 81 to 68 in a preseason game. Brianna Stewart led the team for the Storm 20 points. Jewel Lloyd had 18 points. So, yes, the storm is still alive and strong and well. The Sparks, meanwhile, I don't know that I have super high hopes for this team. I will say that they will have improved from last season, but you could, unfortunately, and also fortunately, depending on how you look at it, all the teams improved. Unfortunately for the Sparks, because everybody got better this offseason. But uh, 
fortunately for WNBA fans, all the teams got better because the Indiana Fever had like 16 picks in the first round. That said, I don't know that that's going to make an immediate impact on this season for the Fever, but something to look forward to. Exciting new things coming. Basically to say, I don't expect a lot from the Sparks, but they could be tricky because they are a heavy three-point shooting team. At least they were last season. I expect that to continue. And they added Liz Cambage, who we know has maybe some off-court, you know, whatever issues. Nothing that I'm super concerned about. But I'm not expecting her to miss time or anything like that. She's not necessarily super injury-prone. And she plays so hard. And she is scary down low. So huge addition for them there with Liz Cambage. Um, and... I'm expecting to see improvements for that regard. And again, since they are such a high volume three-point shooting team, we see that more in the NBA than we do in the WNBA right now. The teams that are the strongest to me are the ones that have those really successful bigs. Think Seattle Storm has Brianna Stewart or Asia Wilson on the Aces. Uh, even Tina Charles, incredible. Uh, now, I believe, on the Phoenix Mercury, which is just filthy. That's going to be so good for the Mercury. Um Let's just talk about the Mercury actually really quick. We can look at the odds here on Bet Rivers for the WNBA because somebody did ask me about these. They said, what uh, would I look at for futures? This is a hard market to bet futures in because again, it's a hard market to bet in in general, right? Because it's going to be really sharp spitting into this. I, again, broken record, not the biggest futures better, especially if I can't get some really good value. So the people longer or the teams longer than 10 to 1 start with the Minnesota Lynx. Not super excited about that. Not excited enough about the Mystics, who are 18 to 1. The Sparks are 25 to 1. Could cause a little bit of havoc. Might rise above my expectations. But I would be impressed if this team made it to playoffs, right? Battling for maybe a ninth or 10th spot. The Liberty, also 25 to 1. So fun, so young. Benajah Laney, absolutely. Sabrina Ionescu, um, such a fun team to watch. And another young three-point heavy team love to see that and speaking of young three-point heavy teams dallas wings at 60 to 1 this is the like dark horse long shot that would be fun to have they're 60 to 1 the two below them are the dream and the fever atlanta and indiana both at 100 to 1 not wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole but the wings are fun at 60 to 1 I don't think they they win a championship this year. They just they don't have the depth or the talent compared to these top teams. But and again, it's a top heavy team in the WNBA. Like the top four teams are like that's who we're probably looking at here. But people underestimated the Chicago Sky last season. I think they were expecting for some of their key players to be out longer, and then lo and behold, Candace Parker comes in after that ankle injury for so long, and just that defense just lights up. So that said, dark horse long shot fun one Dallas Wings sixty to one would be interesting. Mercury are at six to one. I think that's a pretty good price on this team, but here's what I will say about the Phoenix Mercury. First of all, of course, we have the Brittany Griner issue where she is still being detained overseas in Russia, and we don't really know much else that's going on with that, and we just obviously hope for her health and safe return, obviously. Um, as for her position, Tina Charles, like I said, to the Mercury... Those two were the top two in the league in scoring last year. So that's incredible that the Mercury were able to add Tina Charles. Tina Charles reminds me... Tina Charles and Sylvia Fowles are up there for me. Above almost, it sounds... I mean, I kind of above Brianna Stewart at times, which is so unfair because she does just different things than them. And even... I'm sorry. Like, sometimes above Asia Wilson. I've seen some great, phenomenal play out of Asia Wilson. It's not to knock her at all. But watching Tina Charles and Sylvia Fowles, and perhaps it's because of the level, the amount of years they've been in the league, 
is probably more what I'm citing here. The just veteran presence these people have um, is incredible. So I love watching Sylvia Fowles. I love Tina Charles. And so Tina Charles, the murky was very interesting to me. And they especially need her with the unknowns going on with the Brittany Griner situation, which is really upsetting. Um, also, Tina Charles knows Diana Taurasi from Team USA. That should kind of facilitate some gelling pretty early. The only thing with the Mercury is their depth. Diana, Diana Taurasi is 40, and she played 41 games combined in the last three years. Now, the seasons are just over 30 games long, so keep that in mind. But that's, what, 33-ish percent of the games? Um, beyond, you know, Tina Charles... And Turner, they have Emma Cannon, Christine Anigwe, and their rookie Maya. Maya. Um, so depth is an issue for this team. Six to one is kind of tempting, but here's what I'll say is they are going to be a tough team to play on any given night. Betting them last season was so difficult because you would look at all the stats or you would look at the previous game, and it's really hard again because it's such a small sample size of stats. They dealt with injuries, so you were having different lineups. That was difficult to handicap. Skylar Diggins-Smith was so here, not here. And I don't want to say cared, not cared about the game because I know they care about winning, but it just felt like the Mercury picked games that they knew were important to win and balled out because they have the talent, they have the capability to do that. But they don't have the depth and the health to do it day in and day out on all of these games for some reason. So on any given night, it's tough to figure out the motivation level, I want to say, um, or what we're going to get from them. But for that reason, we could see kind of a lackluster season similar to what we saw last season. Then maybe you get even better than six to one odds. So that's the only reason I wouldn't actually probably play this yet. Again, six to one's not like, if we're talking like nine or 10 to one, yeah, get me on board. But um, I think you'll see longer odds at some point because this team could kind of perhaps struggle a little bit. I do believe they're going to come proper to the postseason and nobody wants to face them in the postseason. I don't want to see Diana in the playoffs. Absolutely not. But that said, that's where I think we're going to see happen with this team. We'll see. And finally, that brings us to the Chicago Sky. Again, we talk about the top four teams here. The Aces are the shortest at plus 350 with the Connecticut Sun plus 350. The Sun came out, kind of came out of nowhere last season. People didn't really respect them. They had very, very, I'm going to use it again, lackluster playoff is the way it looked. And it made me upset because I was excited about the Suns team. I had a ticket on them and I had a ticket on the Chicago Sky last season. I don't remember. My Sky ticket was longer. I think it was plus 750. I don't know. Somebody fact check me. But um, right now you're seeing this guy at four to one. I like that. It's not enough value for me to tie it up all WNBA season. Do you know what I mean? Four to one. But if you want a futures ticket, I like the Sky here. They're in the top of the power rankings for a lot of these teams. I'm surprised to see... In some of the power rankings of, of some of the writers I follow in the WNBA, that the aces are not higher for them. But I do understand they're under new management with Becky Hammond, which could be great or not so great. They lost Lids Cambage, um, and they um, didn't add a ton of pieces, but they might have added just enough to make this a really well-functioning team. And they have Asia Wilson still. So I don't think the aces are worth a play at plus 350. Hopefully I'm wrong about that later. The Stormer plus 450. That's not an exciting number, but they'll be in the mix. Um, I hope the wings make a run. It'd be so fun. Or even the Liberty. That's what I got in the WNBA right now. Hopefully that answered some questions or gave you at least a little bit of a picture. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That means I'm back on Wednesday. So come on back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.